0: From Hamster Wheel Publishing, this is Free Wheeling, the show that answers your questions about veterinary business and leadership. With me, Dr. Dave Nichol. Hey, everybody! Dr. Dave Nichol back with another episode of Free Wheeling, the show where normally you ask questions and I would answer them. But today, I just want to talk about the relevance of the veterinarian in the role of animal health care which is kind of what we're there to do now if you hadn't noticed our role and relevance of our role has been under threat from some time and i think has been diminishing in some ways for some time so the pet healthcare market the global animal care market is huge the veterinary slice of it is small um but it's in a very very important part of it because people trust veterinarians implicitly. And that veterinary recommendation drives a lot of other things to happen, whether it's food to go on our plates through food production or medications to get dispensed or animals to be healed or policy to be set. Veterinarians have a super important part to play in that. But it's been under threat. And so there's there's three threats I've seen impacting. And, and I just want to talk about that and just air my views, um, and and I was just curious as to what anybody else was seeing out there and what you saw as being the threats. But three big macro trends I've been looking at, um, first of all, is the sort of information assault. And that's eroded relevance, because once upon a time, we could just tell a client what we wanted to have them do, um, and we'd be wearing our white jacket, and you know we'd we'd be behind our degrees on our walls, and the clients would rather blindly follow our advice. Back then, times were perhaps simpler. Um, treatments less extravagant, less expensive, um, and and that's completely changed. And the thing that changed that was the internet, because suddenly the information um, was suddenly out there and available to the market. And so the power of the power that was with the buyers in the market changed completely because of this disruptive technology called the internet. That was phase one. And, and I think we're still suffering, to be completely honest, I don't think we've gotten over that insult. Um, and I think the evidence for me not thinking we've done a good job of that is in, let's look at things like vaccination rates. Um, we're still pontificating uh, about evidence-based medicine, which is really important, right? But we're not talking a language clients understand. And so they're, who are they listening to? They're listening to people who have a compelling story. So what we're doing is we're producing journals and reports and evidence, but we're not converting that into being a great story. And so clients are not listening. So who are they listening to? The crazy people who are telling a good story, anecdotal, but storytelling. And so that impact is now why we see vaccination rates falling because the naysayers, the people who've cooked up the stories that, that you know, vaccines are bad and it's all about big pharma and money. Um, that voice is winning um in the current current climate, um, so that's the first thing information. The second thing um, is technology um, and and information is kind of technology but 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 now we're starting to look at as the internet grows up, handling bigger bandwidths and technological advance coming on, telemedicine is is clearly another big influence, and there's all manner of stuff happening at the minute um, and decisions being made at the minute, which you need to be aware of because they're going to affect your ability to practice uh, and potentially they're going to affect who can make decisions on the behalf of animals in the future. An area that has traditionally, but has been eroded away from the veterinary position is now under, I think, one of the biggest threats it's ever seen. And if, if legislation gets passed or amendments are made to veterinary surgeons' acts to allow telemedicine to happen and to not have to take a full and thorough physical examination uh, or or history-taking um, and that decisions can be made on that basis, yes, that opens up a whole market, but does that do something that's in the interest of animal care? I don't think so, but that's, that's something that you need to make your own decision up and make your voice heard with your professional body, um, whether that's the Royal College here, the BVA here, um, AVMA, Um, or the AVA. These are big questions that traditionally uh, markets get way ahead of regulators and and decisions are then made retrospectively. I don't think we can afford to be behind the curve on this and I don't think anyone's anywhere near ahead of this enough en masse to make good representations and so we have to do more. If you're not aware of any of this start learning about it right away telemedicine's kind of where it's at um and then the third area and this sounds much more occult um, and we're seeing it much more in the uk we're very much advanced here and that's the rise of corporate corporatization or corp- corporate ownership so role practices being rolled up um by private equity money um, to then be sold on at a greater multiple uh, either float as an IPO or somebody else, an end user, buy them and then have to run them. But practices are, you know, that's happening. And one of the, as long as the market's growing, that that's okay for the private equity people. But their focus is money, um, ultimately, um, and and so the things that are happening now are price pressure on areas that can be more easily managed. And obviously the supply chain is the big area that that that, um, that corporate medicine has a huge advantage um, or corporate ownership gives a huge advantage. The supply chain and the ability, suddenly if you've got 100 practices, 200, 300, 400, 500, the bigger you get, the bigger your power as a purchaser and the more squeeze you can put on suppliers. And so one of the things that's happened, and this is how this links to veterinary relevance, is rather than have to uh, have a pharma company now, or a supplier of a medical goods or services, once upon a time, we'd have to convince all of us veterinarians, this was a good idea, present information, um, convince us, and get the herd to move um, en masse, which actually is pretty labor intensive, quite expensive, because you've got to put you know, people on the ground, you've got to put a lot of money into advertising, research, um, and, and communications. Whereas now, with, if you've got a group with a thousand practices, you might have a clinical steering body of you know, 10 people, let's say, um, and then a procurement process to get through. That is a lot less people to convince that your product is good. So there are still veterinarians involved in that decision making, but you've shrunk the hive mind down from a factor of 1,000 to 10 or 15 or whatever that number is. It's a massive shrinkage. And so there's risk in that. There's risk in, again, the relevance, you know, how powerful is the veterinary recommendation uh, at that point on that scale. Um, and so the risk is of a lot of veterinary voices becoming far, far less relevant and, and there being other influences that can, you know, influence those, uh, decisions rather than just clinical, which once would have been much more purely that, um, so. I think there are threats out there to us, um, and they're, they're all working together. So the internet is there, working at us from the client side of things. Technology is there, uh, which is going to change the competitive landscape completely. And I, and I think that's gonna get way more uh, in- interesting uh, as we move over the next five to 10 years. And then you've got the influence of, of buying power in the supply chain. None of this looks like brilliant news for veterinarians on mass. You know, will we will we exist in the same way in five to ten years? Probably not. Um, Is that a bad thing? Don't know. Um, But what we mustn't do is become irrelevant. Um, You know, we have a shortage of veterinarians just now. We clearly have challenges integrating uh, the 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 demands of the workforce with the or the needs of the workforce with the demands of the job. Um, and, And but I think relevance of the veterinary. As soon as a vet becomes irrelevant, that's not good for an animal because there's no getting away from the fact that veterinarians will always be the strongest advocate for animal welfare and that needs to continue. Um, And so we need to up our game. We need to up our communication game. We need to up our uh, representation game and our engagement with the people that represent our best interests And we need to make sure that voices are heard in the ever-changing market that is happening within the new ownership structures that exist. So there you go, there's three threats and relevance. What do you think? Chuck in your 2 penneth worth, love to hear from you. Um, Let's get a conversation, debate going. Instagram, Facebook, right beneath here in the comments. Love to hear what you're thinking. Where do veterinarians veterinarians sit? Are we relevant? Do we matter? Does that matter? Discuss. Over to you. Be safe, be well, be happy. Thank you for listening to that episode of Freewheeling. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, leave me a rating or review on iTunes. That would be much appreciated. Now, if you want to have your question answered, hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Dr. Dave Nichol. That's D-R-D-A-V-E-N-I-C-O-L. I'll see you in the next episode.